Hello, everybody, and welcome to Show Hoppers, The Last of Us, Season 1, Episode 1, When You're Lost in the Darkness. I'm Kurt, joined by my former high school teacher, Mr. Sal. You tell me to look for the light and I'll break your jaw. <laughs> I'm not a solicitor, Mr. Sal. We're covering the new HBO original based on the video game, The Last of Us. I've been yes. very excited to cover this, Mr. Sal. I know you, you have. have been. I know you've also been. I think excited, right? Have you been excited, or is it just I'm, because it's a big HBO IP? I'm excited issues? to uh, be in on the ground floor or something. That, that's what I'm. Yeah. That's that's what I've been excited about. But you know, I got it's it's all good now. I have my Lochman ready to go. I'm all set. <laughs> well, before you get too much, well, I, I guess I should. I should you know, detailed, but that Last of Us came out as a video game in 2013. I'm sure a lot of people are aware of that, that have been looking at this series before it releases. Uh, HBO picked it up um, and they're making a TV show on it based on the events of the game. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, and I'll talk about what is in the game, what isn't in the game, and maybe as stuff continues and so on and so forth, because I have played the game. I already played it in anticipation for the episode or the uh, TV series because I really did like the game. In 2013 when it came out, a lot of people did. It was really, really well received. Um, mm -hmm. I think one game of the year by many outlets, so it was very good. Including Kurt's outlet. And Kurt's Kurt's outlet, yes. But <laughs> before before we was go it, any further... Was it, was it your game of the year, Kurt? For 2013? No, probably not. I have a Whoa. big GTA 5 guy. <laughs> I know there's a wax lyric about how great it was. But no, no, I remember GTA. I, I like GTA 5 a lot. So Really? GTA, like the fifth incarnation of a like car-stealing game? Michelle, you, well, I'm a big fan of GTA. Yeah, well, it, wow. you haven't played GTA, Michelle. You can't speak on those. But yes, I did like GTA 5 more. But this was also very good. Which I is way better. I do enjoy a good it, migraine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love you know you're a fun guy mr sal no so, nice <laughs> before we go before we talk too much more about the episode i do want to you know preface it by how we rated the episode rating so as per tradition mr sal i guess your rating you guess my rating all right i think you love <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I guess that is like the, for the 200th time. <laughs> since no, this might be you. I, I mean, I assume we have some new listeners. Yeah, it is. So a, we, we are going to have to kind of walk people through how we do things here. We, we, are, we are a podcast of tradition. Yes. But, Mr. Sal, the question does go, how did you feel about it? You're not a big, I mean, I'm not saying you don't like action stuff, but you're not like a, you're not like a walking dead zombie ass. I, I think it's fair to say that i don't like action stuff i think okay. that, that'd be a fair assessment okay okay so he, he's willing to go on that the question is is there enough story in almost a you know you, you're a character driven person when it comes to the storytelling stuff more than plot and is there enough character in this for you um with the action i think there is and i think i actually think you are excited for the series based on what you've seen i hope you're excited maybe, <laughs> maybe let's be open so i think based on what you've seen I want you to know that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, you gave it a 9 out of 10. That's what okay. I think you gave it. All right. So I, I feel like I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage. Uh, I mean, you are. 
<laughs> because for for a couple of reasons. Now, normally, if you pick the series, I I, I know. Oh, okay, well, I know he likes the series, so I can pretty much say that nothing's going to go below an eight. I wouldn't think. But I also know you love the video game, and you've played it twice. So if they completely botched the adaptation of the video game, then I'll be very you, angry. You, yeah. you you would you would be angry, but I wouldn't know. Uh, but I have read a lot of reviews, and I mean. The reviews have been like literally gushing about this episode. Like, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure I've, I'm sure I've read this universally positive reviews like this before, but I can't find anything bad that anybody is saying about this episode, uh, including fans and like game blogs and stuff are, are, are loving it. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the comments on TV time are, are saying like, this is, there's, there's some stuff in here that's scene for scene and it's really, or shot for shot even, and it's really cool and they love it. And they uh, people have loved the expansion of the universe. So I'm assuming that you're in that camp as well. Uh, I think that in terms of what I do know about you, I know you are lukewarm on pilots uh, and this is technically a pilot, although you know where it's going. So I think, I don't think it gets the pilot, discount that you usually get it give uh, to the pilots so i i don't i think because it's a pilot you don't give it a 10 but i think you do give it a nine all right i gave it a 10 <laughs> yeah, <I did. laughs> man oh oh yeah here i'll i'll rave about it and we'll see what how you felt about it but uh, yeah my biggest worry going into it was because the way the game is yeah they do a lot of things uh shot for shot like the joke Joel makes when he gets to watch is the same thing he does in the game. The scenes when they're in the car are the same. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they do a lot of faithful shot for shot things during mm-hmm. it. When they escape, a lot of some of those scenes are almost, you know, similar to the game. Mm-hmm. But what I was worried about is that in the game, right, you're moving around, you're playing with the character. And a lot of the story that also comes up is just the dialogue between the characters. Well, you're doing kind of just mundane, well, you're playing gameplay, right? And my biggest concern was having this conversational gameplay like thing put right into a TV show, I don't think would translate very well if you weren't playing the game. So that was my concern was if they would follow it too closely or if they change it too much or they just didn't, you can't do it exactly as it was in the game. And they did a very good job to me of translating it and adding more details in places that weren't as detailed. Um, Like the Sarah stuff all the way to before they jump in time, Mm-hmm. In the in the game, the second jump, you mean, not sixty eight? Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. When they go to twenty twenty three, that yeah. jump, mm-hmm. like that playing in two thousand three, that's only like twelve minutes in the game. Like you don't play mm-hmm. very long in that. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they, yeah. they really extended out, show a lot more stuff, and I think did a very good job with it. So I do appreciate that. And 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 they changed some things from the game, but nothing I think in a bad way. I mean, it's all fine and fair and nothing mm-hmm. you know like they change the, the year stuff for example the last of us in the game takes place in 2013 and then you time jump to 2033 i believe so but they I, just, was it 2033 i thought, I thought in, it was in the game in the game it's like that here it takes place in 2003 then jumps to 2023 oh so either way it's a 20 year jump a 20 year just, jump either way yeah. they just changed that so that it would take place in 2023 the, take place right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. so that's about it but no gotcha. okay i but yeah I, I i loved it just the the details of it yeah. and it more moreover makes me very excited for what's to come so mm-hmm. So let me ask you this about the game. Like, I, I'm fam- very familiar with you know cutscenes in games. They're like you know, yeah. a couple minutes long, and and you don't do anything. You just watch them. Yeah. Like, it, is it 
is there more than the average number of number of cutscenes in the game, or are they on the average longer than normal cutscenes? Or because you keep talking about the story of the game, but so so I wouldn't say there's more cutscenes than average in The Last of Us. Like there's cutscenes and there's gameplay. It's just the story it tells is very good, mm-hmm. and along with like it's, it's good immersion. And while you're not, they also do like these. I don't know what to call them by account, like almost like a quasi cutscene thing where you're kind of walking around the world and it's a single player game. Everything's scripted. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're like moving around, the characters talk with one, you know, characters will talk and that's also mm-hmm. part of the story. Right. Okay. Which, so it, so it's not always just the cutscene stuff that builds it up, mm-hmm. but yeah, I wouldn't say it has more cutscenes than other games though. Like I wouldn't. Okay. Other, other single player story games. I wouldn't say it's any more or less. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. Well, there you are. I'm glad you. I'm glad you loved it. I'm glad it's living up to your yeah. expectations because I, I know that I know they were high. So. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very because they added some things in here that, that are in the game. So I'm, I'm curious to how they're going to go with that. But I'm yeah. not going to tell you what's. Oh, I think I might know some of them because I am. I, I did listen to the the official podcast, mm-hmm. the HBO podcast, mm-hmm. that with um, oh, what's his name, Neil Brucker? Is that his name from Naughty Dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so he, it's it's him and Craig Mazin. Those are the two showrunners for the series they're but they're being interviewed by the actor who played joel in the video game oh okay so, so the actor who played joel in the video game is the host and then mason and brucker is it brucker or drucker neil yeah i thought it was like Druckman or something Druckman, whatever we're gonna call him <laughs> neil neil and craig so, <laughs> so uh the, the three of them chatting about it and so i do know some of what is different about mm-hmm. Uh, this compared to the uh, video game. All right. So I, I know a little bit from that. Okay. Anyway, so I haven't told you what I gave it. No, no, game. I'm excited. <laughs> like, I, is, I, I, because the thing is, I saw it and I was like, man, the cinematography and stuff I think is really good, but I don't know it. Someone who had nothing to do with the games, right? And also yeah. someone that's not that much into like action y, mm-hmm. somewhat horror elements this has to. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Sarah walks into the elders and you know what's mm-hmm. going on there. So I don't like, I don't know if it's really up your alley, but <laughs> if the story's really good, will it be? I don't know. So I'm actually very curious to how you feel on it. So let me let me tell you this much before I tell you what my rating was. Like I was really worried that I'd watch this and not be able to go to sleep, but I didn't have any trouble going to sleep. I was not scared by this. So I, I may be a little bit of anxiety about fungal infections because that the starting scene was. <laughs> oh man, that starting scene was the scariest scene in the whole <laughs> show. The opening scene. So, <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, you know, yeah, and talk about to, global warming. <laughs> oh, listening to Craig and Neil talk about it, they said, you know, fungal infections. Like this is actually something we should be worried about. And I'm like, really? It is? Oh no. <laughs> so I mean, anyway, okay. Before I, you know, go too deep into that stuff, uh, I. I watched the episode, and then after the episode, I, I read some reviews. I listened to the interviews with Craig and Neil, and I was like, I definitely appreciated it more listening to them than I did when I immediately finished the episode. So when I immediately finished the episode, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, and here's the main reason. I, it looks great. And, it, like, the the um, the story seems good. I just don't really know how it's different from like i've never seen the walking dead mm-hmm. but it, it's it seems like 
Very similar. I, it's, I, I can tell you it is very similar <laughs> to Station <laughs> Eleven, which I adore. I adore Station Eleven, but um, the, I, I'm not sure what different this has to say than Station Eleven did uh, or The Walking Dead. And I don't know if you are familiar with this at all, but there's a movie called Children of Men. No, I don't know that. Okay, so Children of Men is, I think it's a 2006 movie. It's 2006, yes. And I'll just read you the uh, very brief synopsis. In 2027, in a chaotic world in which women have somehow become infertile, a former activist agrees to help transport a miraculously pregnant woman to a sanctuary at sea. So, like, other than why he's transporting her, this is, like, the same idea, right? <laughs> so, so I'm, not, I'm just not sure what new this has to say Oh, but having said that, though, it's a really optimistic eight because when I listened to Craig and Neil talk about it afterwards, I was like, oh, well, if that's what it's going to be about. I'm all in. So the, the thing that uh, they really focused heavily on was they said, this is a love story about parental love and how beautiful it can be and mm -hmm. how destructive it can be at the same time. Yep. And so if it's going to be that, then I very excited about the rest of it but i still probably will will stick with my eight out of ten for now because I, I think there's plenty of room for it to go up for me um and i will say this too this episode was originally supposed to be two episodes okay i was so, wondering if they're going to keep yeah. one episode all in 2003 yeah uh, so yeah. so this this episode was originally so supposed to split as soon as joel put the kid's body in the fire that was the end of oh, the first okay. episode. And then the rest of the episode was supposed to be episode two. Uh, and I think I probably would have given that a nine or even a 10. That first episode. Yeah. Depend yeah. It would have made you grown on Sarah more. So, well, I mean, I've, I definitely grew on Sarah. Definitely grew on me mm -hmm. just in the short time that she was on the screen, but uh, it was, I, I get why they did it because it would have been really weird to not have Ellie in the first episode. <laughs> that would have been extremely strange since this is a show about the two of them. I assume they're on every poster with no other characters. So, uh, so I'm assuming that the show is about the two of them. Everything they're talking about is that this is about their relationship. Um, and that's all fine. Uh, so I get why they wanted to make sure Ellie got a fair chunk of the episode in this first episode. And I, that was actually a decision by HBO, I guess. Uh, Craig and Neil were all set to go with episode one ends when Joel puts the body in the fire. But HBO said, we don't know if people will come back because they're up, the, the show's about the relationship between Joel and Ellie. And if you're not showing them together, then... More, where why why are people going to be invested in this so i get that it's a long first episode <laughs> really long it's, it's really really long and so that's the other reason why i i, I really kind of wish they had split it because i was i was all in up to that point anyway like i was completely digging all of it like i i, I loved the opening scene i loved all the the the, the original breakout you know all the all the relationship building between Joel and Sarah and the loss of Sarah. Like I loved all that stuff. And then to, in my mind's eye, now I'm seeing 
the the episode end with Joel throwing this body on the fire, I would have been like jumping out of my seat. I think it would have been amazing. The fact that it then continued into this, you know, Boston hellscape, got a little more action heavy um, with a lot of characters that I didn't know yet, and mm-hmm. uh, and really set up this children of men scenario with a with a relationship between a an adult and a child like station 11 <laughs> like I, I was like hmm okay well now I'm, I'm now i'm not so sure anymore but uh but listening to them talk i am very optimistic about it. i don't want i don't want to minimize the, my enjoyment of the episode i just i i feel like there's room for me to like it better there's definitely room i what also really excited me about this episode was the uh like story elements that are in the game mm-hmm. i know what happened later and if they did this well with the story elements in the beginning i'm very excited mm-hmm. for what will happen later so yeah right oh there, yeah there. I, so <laughs> i think so it's, it's interesting that you know neil and craig talked a lot about how they came to came, came together to do this because craig just was a fan of the game um and they met through a third party like someone who had worked with both of them and and told craig you know you two would be best friends and craig was like well let's make that happen so uh you know they had some lunches and and craig said you know or, i'm sorry neil said to craig you know what what would it take to to make this a series and craig said well it'd be really easy i'll just go across the street to hbo and i'll tell them this is what i want to do next and so they did and he pitched it and it was well received and neil was excited and because neil had tried to adapt it into a movie for a while and, and it just didn't work so um he was so they were they were both very excited about this collaboration um and you can tell that that they they speak the same language about the game. It's really pretty great. Um, and about the, the series as well. So let me ask you this, because I've never seen The Walking Dead. Like, wh- how similar to The Walking Dead is this? So the big difference, I think, at least this compared to The Walking Dead is, especially early seasons of The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead has gone on for, like, you know, over 10 seasons now, or maybe 10 seasons. I'm not sure. And I hopped off at, like, season six or something mm-hmm. or seven. So, you know, obviously I'm not up to date in The Walking Dead. But yeah. at least, especially early Walking Dead, it's a lot about the walkers, right? They're zombies yep. and literally dealing with the zombies at a very literal level. Yep. The Last of Us, you know, the zombie equivalent, they're around the infected, but mm-hmm. it's not as much. I mean, for example, in this, we don't really see any of them in present day. Just, yeah, like, no, just now is the only one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just oh, no, no, we see the kid. He's infected. He just hasn't. You're right. Yeah. Infected, no, yeah, yeah. No one's turned already. We haven't seen them in 2023 fighting any like, it, the last mm-hmm. of us in the gameplay obviously you spend a lot of time like killing the infected but the story yep. stuff's not really much about the infected mm-hmm. i mean obviously they do things that you know cause you to do things but it's mostly about the other characters and the, you know kind of the, the hellscape they're in now mm-hmm. because of what's happened so it's and that's and that's why they skip so far ahead you know all right just so yeah this is the universe now uh, yeah instead of spending all the time with everything turns and everything everyone seems to know what's going on for the most part with mm-hmm. how the world's gone now and this is just life so that that's what that's the bigger difference i would say is the walking dead takes place a lot prior to it uh, the character mm-hmm. is in a coma is the whole reason you, you don't see the beginning of okay. the infection happening um but yeah it's and i imagine um, it wouldn't surprise me if we see some gaps filled in so we see some i don't know i, I don't know if we'll ever see how Oh, I'm gonna get the acronym wrong. 
the, the it's not FERDA or whatever it is. It's um yeah, F E R F E D R A. Okay, Fedra. Yeah. So it's uh, I'm not sure if we'll ever see like how they kind of came to power, but uh, I mean, the, the, there's a mention here uh, of um, to Ellie when uh, it's going to take me a while to get familiar with the names. Uh, who's the head of the Fireflies? Uh, uh, Marlene. Marlene. Yeah, it's when Marlene mentions to Ellie something about Riley. Like, I'm sure I'm sure we'll see Riley mm, uh, you yeah. know, in, in flashback or something. Although, I, from what I understand in this interview that I listened to, Riley is not from this game, but the the uh, what's called Left Behind. Did you ever play Left Behind? Yeah, that's the DLC that came out with the first. Oh, game. that's the yeah. DLC. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So as Riley is, is from the anyway. So, uh, I, I'm sure we'll see some backstory about some things. I don't know if we'll ever see like the full transition from where we left it in 2003 to where we are now in 23. But uh, let me tell you one thing that I loved about this. I mean, I, I mean. I was scared out of my mind in that first scene. <laughs> so, uh, but then I loved, I, I really, it was, it blew me away. I, the movement of the infected. I, I thought, it was, Oh, how there was, I mean, obviously we're keyed into it. Yeah. What, what, what do you mean by the movement? Sorry. Do you mean like, well, in a literal I mean, they, sense? They, they look like puppets or marionettes. Like they, they, they really, like, first oh, of all, yeah. mm-hmm. they, 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 the first infected that they show us is this person who was catatonic, couldn't move in a wheelchair. And mm-hmm. now she's like chasing people. Right. So mm-hmm. when you think about the description of what this fungus would do, it, it gets into the brain and it controls the body. So it's, it turns the, the, the body into a puppet basically. So you can, you can tell, that there's no regard for the body itself in the movements okay and you can see it i mean obviously in nana because she couldn't move anyway so it's as though the fungus kind of you know rewired her brain so that she involuntarily you know moves her muscles right but where i really noticed it was when um they joel and sarah were trying to escape after the car crash and they go through the diner and do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the infected is, is chasing, but not just chasing, like literally just throwing its body around. It, it, it wasn't just running with, oh with a pat, with a, with a rhythm or a pattern. It was throwing its body toward them and then just getting up and doing it again. And it was, it was very cool. I, I, I thought, wow, this actually looks like, these people are being controlled by some external force because no person would ever move like that or do that. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, that was, that was pretty cool. How do you feel about this that. take on, um, you're not big into zombies, are you? No, I'm not. I see what <laughs> this take on it on zombies. Yeah. Or, on, I mean, basically these are zombies, right? I mean, zombie inspired. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's obviously differences, but yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I like it because I mean, it's a little different because the, the, it, it seems as though like the, the body does get spent at some point. You know, it's when they, they're in the, the underground in Boston, they find the skeleton kind of stuck to the wall mm-hmm. by, by the fungus. And they say, this one's done. Like it's a, it seems like eventually they use up the body, so it doesn't go on ad infinitum like a zombie would, right? Yeah, um, like how, it seems like powering on. Yeah, it seems like they can be killed, you know, the wrench to the head or whatever. Um, and it it seems like they don't like. 
I guess they don't consume their victims or they, they do eventually, but when in order to get infected, like it's more like an injection, right? But I guess the zombie is kind of similar, right? Yeah, the zombie's got to bite you too. Right. So, I, you know, it, it, it's interesting. What, what's more interesting to me is, is the movement. Like it, it, you can tell there's some third party or I guess second party that's, <laughs> just, that's just controlling the movement of the body. Almost like as, as though some, like, I don't know, nine-year-old had an RC car, but the car was a human. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. So it's it's that that part of it is really interesting to me. Other than that, you know, and and the initial scare of you know this could this is something that we don't worry enough about this fungal idea of fungal infection. Uh, that stuff is cool. Other than that, I feel like it's mostly just zombie stuff. But you know, um, uh, Craig did say you know one thing that he's really interested in, and this is he said it was in in line with with the way he was thinking when he did Chernobyl was because Craig Mason is the showrunner for Chernobyl as well. But uh, one of the things that he was thinking about is this idea that we know something's going to happen like way in advance Mm -hmm. and we don't do anything to stop it. Like he, he said it was really important to him that that opening scene take place in 1968, like way before the the actual pandemic ever happens to show that we knew this was a possibility and we we, we didn't do anything that is true yeah so that make a lot of that yeah. part of it is really cool to me like that part of the the zombie whatever uh is, is really cool to me um but you know anyway and and that the idea that it could be global warming that causes this because i it, it makes a lot of sense to me that there's no reason for a fungus to infect a human right now because they wouldn't survive. Our body temperature is too high. And fungi, according to that first scene, mm-hmm. this particular fungus that infects ants, and I assume this is the same fungus? Yeah, it's cordyceps, yeah. Right. So I, I think that's the same thing. It that, is. Yes. Yeah, that infects the ants. Like it needs ninety, no higher than 93 degrees to survive. And so human body temperature is too high. Fine. But what would allow it to eventually get into humans is if it had to adapt because the environment got too hot. So in order for it to survive, because the environment's so hot, it has to be able to survive at higher temperatures. And now, because it can survive at higher temperatures, it can survive in humans. So like terrifying <laughs> and, huh. the, and something that does scientifically make some sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's obviously some hocus pocus in there. Like, how does, how does it start controlling us so quickly right but still still well that's just uh, the rules that they've laid out yeah like, yeah yeah that's I, just their I, rules but I'm, oh. sure, I'm sure it would be more it wouldn't it's, it's, I, i'm sure it wouldn't be people throwing their bodies around yeah. in order to you know um it'd probably get in your brain and slowly kill you but right exactly and and maybe not yeah i guess really slowly because it wants the host to live in right yeah but try to spread it would try to spread i assume so i feel like you'd be more likely to i don't know, you know maybe well, maybe, rub, maybe stick your finger in your ear get a little parasite i don't know <laughs> i was gonna see i was i was gonna say like sexual activity but oh like, okay yeah um but maybe yeah that too i guess but um just because like i know when you have certain types of um infections 
they say like you're gonna you're gonna crave sugar you're gonna want sugar don't eat a lot of sugar because you're feeding the the virus or the fungus or whatever it is you're feeding it like that's what it wants you to do oh it's tricking me yeah (laughs) so like that type of thing i can see that happening yeah yeah you know i I can't see people throwing their bodies around trying to well i want you to eat people or by trying to (laughs) trying to right well well that's why i said sexual activity Mm -hmm. like it wouldn't be like biting them but it, it might be like you know I don't know, making out or something, yeah, you know, yeah, sticking yeah. your tongue down somebody's throat, which could do it, you know? Yeah. yeah anyway. Yeah. No, yeah. But I, li- I like their take on um zombies with yep. the uh, cordyceps. So I thought it was really cool back in 2013. Still think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited for what's to come. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I am too. I, I want to be clear. I'm excited. Although I will agree with you that I do think like the second half of the episode is weaker than the first half. That first half of the episode, I was head over heels. I loved it. I loved the first half. Anyway, second, oh, fair enough, fair enough. And and they did um, I do like how they changed some things up. Like I was afraid of how the second half would go with the whole Robert thing and the car battery bit. Yeah, Robert's not in the game, right? He is in the game, I believe. He might. Yeah, he is in the game. But okay. in the game, it's different what happens. Like, yeah. the whole dynamic between them and Robert's different. And mm-hmm. also, the way Robert... He dies also in the game, but, like, okay. it's like your first mission is that you go out and you have to kind of hunt him down, shoot through all his bandit guys, and finally get to him. And Okay. You know, t- I think Tess kills him or something. It, it, it all basically ends, like, where they end this episode and getting out of the mm-hmm. wall is basically how they mm-hmm. get to in the game. The, the, the pathway's a little different, but, you know, it's... Okay. I think we'll are there any better. Are there any new characters in the series that aren't in the game? Named characters? Okay. Yeah, like I, I assume Tommy's in the game and Tess yeah, is in the Tom, game. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Kim, I didn't recognize Marlene. Kim, but okay. she she might be in the but she might be in the game. I didn't recognize Kim. Um, okay. By the way, that Marlene, the actress who plays Marlene, oh. is the voice of Marlene from the game. Really? Yeah. She did look a lot like Marlene yeah. in the game. I mean, I mean and, she did look a lot like her. And actually, <laughs> like, I say yeah. voice, but I think they use motion capture in the game, don't they? So that, that actually, they might have been when they did the, that. The yeah. character probably is modeled after her. <laughs> so she does look just like Marlene in the game. Uh, yeah. The elders also aren't in the game. Oh, that's that right. Bit, yeah, that whole bit. That. that whole bit's yeah. on the game. They might have ran him over because I think Jill does run people over when he when he's like escaping in the car. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the pre. Um, like all the 2003 stuff, a lot of that's not in the game. Basically, right. what's in the game is he gets gifted the watch. Mm-hmm. Almost that's almost like a scene for scene thing. And then mm-hmm. you play a Sarah. Sarah wakes up, and Jill tells him to go to the car. And then the whole car stuff happens. That's exactly what happens. There's not like okay, we're going to school, going to the neighbors. No mercy, you, the dog. You play play as Sarah to do what? Uh, to eventually die. I guess I don't know. You just gotta no, walk but- around the house. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just kind of like mundane thing. That's what I mean. It's like it's like cutscene. At, like you're just, I don't know. Yeah, you're just walking. Around. It's a, you know, it's like telling story. Right. We're walking around, and it's like you know, it's limited gameplay. Yeah, it's like, limited yeah. gameplay. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're not like doing anything substantial, and then most of it's spent in the car, which is basically like a cutscene. I mean. Okay. So anyway, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, well, that's it. Gotcha. Well, Mister Stell, if, if yes. you want to get into it, do you want to get into the recap? Oh uh, no, I don't. Oh wait, sorry. First, first, we want to get a favorite scenes. Yes, that's what I want to do. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Go. So go ahead. You gotta guess me first. Yeah, yeah. I'll guess you. 
<laughs> I'll, I'll figure you out. Well, since you like the first part more, I think... Oh, jeez. I think your favorite scene is Joel losing Sarah. Okay. And I think that your favorite scene is when Joel and Tess stumble or make their way into Firefly Lair and, and negotiate with Marlene to, to transport um, Ellie. All right. Okay. Uh, we you are got- going to call her Ellie, right? Yeah, she's Ellie. She, they, they said her name's Ellie, yeah. Well, they did, but they, they said... They she first said her name Veronica? Something. Yeah. Well, she called herself Veronica, probably because she right. didn't want to tell him her name or something. Okay, all right. Because then she points out that she knows who she is and that she's Ellie. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. All right, so I got you wrong, obviously. Now you can tell me yeah. what's, what's, what the correct answer is. <laughs> it was what I guessed for you. Uh, okay, good, because that was how I guessed as well. That's yeah, what I said yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very good because... I mean, it's a very char- important element for Joel's character. They did a very good job oh, with yeah. it. And, I mean, and there's small things he does. Too. Like, you know, he he seems to be working a lot. Um, mm-hmm. When they're in the car ride, this is also in the game, too, how they looked at that. This is like a lot of that car stuff is shot for shot. Exactly what happens in the game. Like, just mm-hmm. the way the family looks outside the car and he says, oh, pass on. You know, we got we got our own kids. Other people can help him. He's yeah. selfish. But seemingly for just for because he has Sarah or maybe justifiably. Like right. What he justifies to himself is because he has Sarah, and then losing Sarah and him trying to um not lose her. Yeah, it's very. I'm sure for you, it's very emotional. Scene. Oh, I mean, as a parent, uh, congratulations! Thank you, oh, thank you very much. Way. I'll tell you that that was soul crushing, absolutely. So, I, now, are you saying that your favorite scene is from like the time that Sarah gets in the truck to the time she dies? No, no. If I if I had, to, <laughs> although I do like the whole car stuff because I was very excited uh-huh. for it. Um, I mean, probably it, it, it's definitely when she gets so probably, I guess, I don't know if you they get chased well, by the, yes, get chased um, by the, well, get separated from Tommy well, after the yes, car accident, get separated after the car running. accident. That's, that's yeah. to, from the car accident to her death. That's what I, what I would like to say as well, because, yeah. and because it encompasses so much, but first of all, I would get to get back to your point. Like, I think that difference between Joel and Tommy uh, ha- does have a lot to do with that parental love that Craig and mm-hmm. um, Neil are, are talking about because the, and I'm, I'm going to be looking for this all the time now, which I'm really excited to look for the, I, the concept of parental love is beautiful and awful at the same time um, for, for so many reasons, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, it's awful because there, there's no, there's no way that you can feel that what Joel is clearly feeling when he loses Sarah, except for a child, like it's just it's not like it's it. There's no way to describe it. Like the the loss of of a child is like there's a line in Six Feet Under, which is one of my favorite series. Which, by the way, Neil was talking about how much he loved HBO, and he mentioned three series. Do you know what they were? <laughs> what, the leftovers. Uh huh. <laughs> six feet under six feet under yep and the wire was the other one but, wire okay i mean but i automatically love neil now i'm very excited to hear him say that because leftovers and six feet under are my two favorite series wire what was mine to watch <laughs> i i've never seen the wire i should mm-hmm. watch it but anyway um there's a line in six feet under uh where one of the characters says you know a, a, par- a child who loses their parents is called an orphan a spouse who loses a a person who loses their spouse is called a widow or a widower there's no name 
for a parent who loses a child because I guess that's just too awful to even think about. And, and, and that's that's it. That's mm-hmm. what we, Joel is showing us here. Like, and I think Pedro Pascal does it perfectly. So there's the beauty of the love and the the horror of the love on display there. But then you just you mentioned when they drive past the uh, the other family that has a child, and Tommy says they got a kid, right? Tommy doesn't have his own kid, right? And no, so Tommy Tommy has a lot of sympathy for this family and wants to help them. And Joel says no because he has his own kid, right? Mm-hmm. He so like it's that parental love that's so beautiful that he wants to protect Sarah so much that he won't even help this family, but yet so awful because he won't help this family. <laughs> yeah, so, in a literal sense, he's yeah. refusing to help them. <laughs> yeah, so so it's and really yeah, and, you and can... he, he you know he beats this nana to death with a wrench right <laughs> so anyway go ahead sorry and it could also be that maybe joel's just a terrible guy and just using you know using her as justification but it i don't seem, think so yeah and i i don't think so either right? yeah. you could maybe try to go on that way but yeah i think it is parental love <laughs> yeah yeah i mean if that's gonna if they're saying that's the point of the series then yeah. I, I i think i'm gonna go with that but anyway what i love so much about our favorite scene here the from post car crash to the death of Sarah is first of all, we get to see that that infected chasing them, which I, it's one of the highlights of the episode for me is, is seeing this thing throw its body, like project itself forward with no real goal in mind just get from here to there as fast as possible and okay, figure that, that out then <laughs> is, is by tossing this body headlong into the wall you know what i mean so it's 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 really it's, it's amazing so we get to see that and then the whole time i was i was really worried that because I, I grew pretty attached to sarah and i was like i really worried that they were going to break my heart and like turn her like infect her uh and that she was not going to die so much as become an infected and Joel might have to kill her. Like that would be awful. So I was really glad that that wasn't the case. And then the idea of showing us this horror of these people are not sick. And yet the order comes down from the top to take them out anyway. And that's how she dies that. And then Mm -hmm. of course, watching Joel, like just clutching her and just wailing and gnashing of teeth. This is really amazing. You know, that really got to me as a parent. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a very emotional scene. Congratulations yeah. if you want yeah. that. Uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's true though. It's beautiful and it's horrible at the same time. It's like it's it, that's that's that type of emotion doesn't exist unless you're in that situation. It's really it's amazing. Anyway. Um, at least I assume. I, I, I mean, I've, I've never experienced it. Thank goodness. You've been lucky but, that yeah. you have to be in the position. Yeah. So. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, if, if the earth's getting warmer, who knows? Yeah. I'm going to tell you a close second scene for me, though. Uh, and I don't know if you have another scene that you wanted to mention. But my close second is the first scene when we jump forward with the kid coming through the woods. Oh, yeah. They, I'll say this. They, they do a lot 
They tell a lot by telling very little. I know. <laughs> That's what that, I liked about it. That was amazing. It was so good because, they, they, I mean, the, the kid comes in and you're like, oh, I, oh, no, is he infected? Like, it looks like he might be. But then he is responsive to some of the things she's saying. And he nods and he says, would you like to have lots of toys and your favorite foods? And, and the, so you're like, oh, maybe he's not infected. But you do see the wound. If they show you the signs on the wall with, mm-hmm. with the uh, the symptoms that you look how for long and how long take. it takes takes from each uh infection body part site. yeah mm-hmm. and so so that's all all really cool and they and they show you this really important i assume the scanner thing because at the end we that scanner comes into play big time with ellie uh yep. so they show you that the red scanner means infection and they don't show you i mean they show you the injection but they don't show you the kid dying you can kind of assume that that's what they were doing yeah, you can assume based on all the nice pleasantries they were mm-hmm. telling the cud, and then Joel body burning. <laughs> yeah, then, but and then but and they, like, show, they show the kids those sneakers, and and mm-hmm. they show you Joel. And that's why I say like, if that had been the last scene, I would have just been so enamored with this episode <laughs> like that because you know, Joel, who had just been carrying his daughter, right. The last time we saw him, he was carrying his daughter exactly like that, you know, one hand, one arm under the knees and the other arm around the shoulders. Right. And, and, and now he's got this child in the same position. It's still a child just about Sarah's age, probably. And without thinking about it, just tosses it on the fire. Unbelievable. Yeah. Body. Burn. So, yeah. So that all would have been my second favorite scene. But fair. I don't know what would have been my second favorite scene. I didn't really think about that. <laughs> I mm-hmm. like that scene a lot. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I it, it probably I don't think it would be anything in the second half. Maybe it would be like the mm-hmm. the ending bit of the episode, but the ending bit was really good. I, I, there's a lot to love about this episode. I really do. I really did enjoy it, and I really am excited about where we're going moving moving forward. I just need to see more of what's going to make this different from Children of Men, Station Eleven, The Walking Dead. What's going to make this different? So. All right, well, we're setting this. We're setting the stage here, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, perhaps you feel a quest, but we'll see. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, without further ado, then Michelle, let's get to the recap. Yep. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably try to go through the recap pretty quickly. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so, we'll, we're we'll already see. pretty but, deep into this. Yeah. But feel free to stop me if you want me to. But we already talked about you know the medical talk show thing that was pretty good. Uh, I love that scene too. Introduction of the episode, and we get to 2003, Joel's 36th birthday. Um, it seemed to have a good back and forth between Joel and Sarah. You know, very kidding between the two. Tommy pops in, so we get to meet Tommy. And there's a little news on the radio, and throughout the whole 2003 bet, you know, there's always some news going on on the TV or on the radio or something going on mm-hmm. that's something something's going on but yeah i really i'm glad i had closed captioning on because i don't think i would have heard most of it (laughs) yeah so i'm not gonna get too much into it because i mean we know how it eventually Mm -hmm. goes but you know it's throughout the whole episode and it's very good background it's good it's good tension building especially since you've had that opening scene yeah which is set which gets you thinking about this fungal pandemic and yeah. you just spend this the next three four scenes just tense about when's it coming. Especially yeah, what's happening? This stuff. Yeah, so. you hear sirens drive by occasionally. Yep. You, there's, there's always just some ominous stuff going on throughout mm-hmm. this time. So they head to the car outside. We know later that Sarah's going to help out the neighbors, the elders after school. 
we also see that Tommy's a war vet. I, I think it's Adler, but Adler, you're right. It's Adler. Mm-hmm. I said it wrong. The Adlers. Uh, I mean, they 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 are older than everybody else that we've seen, <laughs> so you could call them elders. But <laughs> the elders, <laughs> the elders with Nana, the elder of the elders. Yes. Uh, she's at school. Whatever, learning sentence structure, it'll be very important. <laughs> they, they do a lot of things like this too, where they're like, you guys are going to do this. Um, Joel makes a promise that he will get a cake tomorrow later in the mm-hmm. episode, like tomorrow. It's small stuff like that. Anyway, she stops yeah. by a watch store after school, gets a watch fixed for Joel for 20 bucks. The store closes early. She's kind of rushed up the door, gets her product, but it's really rushed up the door because stuff's going down. Mm-hmm. And she goes to Miss Adler. Man, the news is really getting crazy. They make raisin cookies, not chocolate chip, borrows a DVD, and something seems to happen to Nana. It, it's Oh, yeah. So, something <laughs> seems to be happening to Nana. <laughs> and Mercy the Dog seems to notice, too, but uh, something something's up. Uh, it's home. It's at night. She's reading a magazine. Joel comes in even later than he said he would be without a cake. He'll get one tomorrow. Uh, but Sarah has two gifts for him. His watch is fixed, and she borrowed his favorite movie, Curtis and the Viper 2. It's a good one. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> they uh, watched the movie, and Sarah falls asleep, and Joel gets a call from Tommy that he's got some sort of altercation. He needs bail before the weekend, so he's on it. I, you know, I did you mention that she gets rushed out of the jewelry store? The, the, the watch, watch store? store? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I must yeah. have missed you mentioning that. Sorry, sorry. So, so what about that? No, just just that. That, oh, okay. that you know that that actually felt like a scene kind of out of Station Eleven. So uh, <laughs> interesting. Um, but uh, I also I thought Tommy was dead. I, I didn't. I thought we didn't need to get too attached to Tommy because he was going to be. Oh, like gone. he's he's showcase guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But oh, I, I was well, wrong. You're wrong. So. Yeah, you're wrong. Tommy made it longer than Sarah did. <laughs> A lot, <laughs> at least twenty years. Yeah. So, uh, well, who knows now? Mm, no, I don't. Two sixteen a.m. Uh, Sarah's asleep. Wakes up to car alarms, explosions, helicopters, planes. You know, just a bunch of noise. There's a national alert on the television. Joel's not home. Outside of the house, Mercy's there, clamoring, uh, and she hears something in the. Uh, I forgot Alder's house. Ad, Adler. 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 I keep saying it wrong. Adler's house. Like it, like an ad, like an advertisement. I have a spell the A D L E R, right? Yeah. Adler. Yeah. Okay. Adler. I just gotta sound it out. Adler. You know, I don't have to hear much about them anyway. No. <laughs> After this, she goes in the Adler's house, only to find Nana Adler munching on the other two. I would like to munch on Sarah next. When she gets outside, Joel gives her uh, one with the wrench, and uh, looks like they're off in the car. Joel, Tommy, Sarah. So this this was the scariest scene, and I I mean maybe we want to talk about that each episode is what was the scariest scene, and this, this was definitely it for me. So well, maybe fair. maybe the opening, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, there's different types of fear. Like this is like yes. kind of like the almost the gory, horrific, yeah, yeah, jump yeah. scary. The other one's more like horrific idea of, it. especially when yeah. they bring up. Oh, they they don't jump to humans unless the world yeah. got warmer. <laughs> yeah. I know that, that, that got me like, oh, whoa, wait a second. Oh, you know what? Kurt? I, I don't think this was intentional, but you had mentioned away from the podcast that the average human body temperature is dropping. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you knew about this, though. No, I did. not Because this is not mentioned in the game at all. They don't have right. that little cutscene thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's completely. 
<laughs> so that's a lot more terrifying now that uh, now that I've seen this. Oh yeah, you're certainly right. I didn't even connect those two dots. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, for, for those of you that don't know, apparently, I, I, just some headlines, but human body temperature seemingly inexplicably, there's some theories, is dropping on the last like hundred years or so. They are tracking human body temperature. We're like a degree lower, a degree and a half lower than what we used to be. So there's some food for thought for you. Maybe <laughs> I, I think I think the biggest theory is that um people are less infected and less sick than they used to be. So you're not finding as much disease in your body as you used to. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway. While yeah. they're driving. Yep. So they're yep. driving. Uh, they have a lot of questions while they're driving. They're not 100% sure what's going on. Is it localized in cities? There's a lot of traffic jams. They've did got a you, bit of a did plan. You catch, did you catch that Sarah got really nervous when they said that it's pretty much just in the cities, in the city, uh, and that's probably how Nana yeah. got it. Yeah, because they went to the hospital. Right. But Sarah was like, but you'd have to go there a lot, right? Because she was just in the city earlier that day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they made us a point of showing her taking the bus in and the jewelry store. Anyway, that that was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. No, very rare. That's true. Um, but yeah, I love the way that this is shot with the crowds and the jets and mm -hmm. they're trying to get around people blockades and they're evasive mm -hmm. driving and it ends with them trying to reverse and then a plane or something crashing causing yeah, an explosion. It was a plane. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're you know their cars flipped and crashed um joel carries sarah out but another car crashes into it and now they're separated from tommy so they're gonna have to meet up by the river mm -hmm. this gets into our favorite scene mm -hmm. we've already talked about it so I mean, it ends with uh this person who's part of the military shooting Sarah and then getting shot by Tommy mm -hmm. and Joel um, dealing with that. So we see Sarah die. We then get to 2023 time jump where we see that kid. We've also talked about this. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it I, goes to the body burning. Yeah, yeah, so mm -hmm. he goes into the body burning. And now we see life's, Joel's life in this new society. <laughs> With mm -hmm. ration cards seem to be a currency-like thing. You know, we see yeah. shoelaces, some other stuff being sold for ration cards. Um, we see public hangings based on trying to leave the quarantine zone. Uh, and it's a it's a military police dictatorship. I mean, you'll hear more about that a bit. Well, that's from the Fireflies perspective, but it definitely seems like very stricter guidelines and oh yeah lots it's, of oversight <laughs> it's militaristic for sure it's, certainly it's, it's curfews and military mm -hmm. tribunals and public hangings like yeah it's just, <laughs> oh. so, so um joel talks with a soldier in an alley you know a corrupt one it looks like and mm -hmm. he sells him some drugs for some ration cards and cigs um allegedly there's a factory in atlanta that makes just pills and bullets that's it <laughs> and uh joel's talking about paying off the soldier and some of his friends to look away when he tries to escape and yeah he's willing for it but stay off the street for the next bit because the fireflies have been active don't don't try leaving the wall for the time being uh and we see graffiti similar to the title when you're lost in the darkness look for the light and it look appears to be it appears to be an enrolled saying uh commonly uh oh yeah it's everywhere <laughs> you see it throughout and yeah some solicitors like going up to you and telling you about it. So <laughs> yes, they do. we get to Robert wanting Tess to forget the whole situation. Now, we don't know any characters here, mm -hmm. <laughs> but no. Robert would really love it. If you could let bygones be bygones. Yeah. You paid for the car battery. Uh, well, she doesn't mind the fact that she paid for the car battery. She's not getting her money back. She's not getting the car battery. It's fine. 
yeah, she got roughed up. She won't tell her man, aka Joel, the truth. <laughs> We're square. Don't worry about it. Um, and as Tess leaves, she stumbles upon a fire. The fireflies fighting. Uh, the, well, the, the wall blows up, right? The wall. Like... Blo- oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The 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 room they're in blows up. I'm sure <laughs> that. Yeah, the wall blows up, killing <laughs> at least one of the guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This is so. this was surprising to me. I was not expecting like I I fully expected this show to be about two characters and that is well I guess I knew that Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett were in it too. So <laughs> but uh, but I, I they they weren't in this episode. But I so I guess I knew they were coming eventually, but I did not expect Tess to be such a big character as she is. There are other characters in the universe that yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's more than just Joel and Ellie. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> no, I, well, clearly, but yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was not expecting this this test bit. But this also was interesting because it really, it was interesting seeing the fear of Joel. Like, yes, Joel's Robert a scary is, guy. Apparently, very scary guy. Did not seem like a scary guy in 2003, but losing your dad will do that to you. Yeah, he seemed real. so. And we'll uh, we'll see as to why he's seen as a scary guy. <laughs> okay. Uh, scary spider i don't know i couldn't okay we have quote-unquote veronica chained up until going through some tests seems to yeah you can now tell her i don't know if in the moment you could tell but they were trying to test you know to see if her wherewithals were still there yeah, I don't know I mean, how much you knew going into this series. I think it's in the trailer, isn't it? That oh, that Ellie's already been. I'm pretty sure that right. it's in the trailer okay. that she like they, they view her as a a potential person okay. to lead to a cure because yeah. she recovered from a bite. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. There you go. So, so yeah. So they're testing her and seeing that she yeah, she seems to be doing all right. They're gonna leave her again. Uh, leave her alone again now. So mm-hmm. we get back to Joel. There's people in line writing their messages. He cuts the line to the radio wizard. Because <laughs> of some like cigarettes. That. The radio yeah. wizard. None of this is in the game, right? There's, no, there's none of this radio. Yeah, guy. they mentioned that yeah. in the interview. Yeah, But yeah. I like okay. this. I like this element. Of I do too. So no message from Tamiya. Been three weeks since the last response. And normally it only takes a day. So he wants to know where in Wyoming he could find, you know, where this message goes. And the wizard points it out. All right. But watch out. There's raiders slavers marauders out of these walls yeah. but he eventually does point out the tower so so Don't this is so th- i mean i'm now expecting to see both raiders and slavers like th- th- <laughs> those those clearly are going to happen um the other thing that i'm really interested in is like it, it is uh no short distance between boston and wyoming right now but then to do it when car batteries are at such a premium hmm, that's that's gonna be a trek yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be a lot of walking. We'll love to see. Well, Joel heads home, uh, goes through seemingly secret stash, looking at some maps, mapping out how to get to Wyoming. We seem, you know, tracing through cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still has the watch; it's broken. Yeah. We notice, and he goes to sleep. Seems to have some sort of PTSD. Well, I mean, he he goes to sleep after drinking heavily and ingesting and doing drugs. lots <laughs> of hydro. Okay, so yeah, that that'll that'll knock you out. So Tess arrives, comes into bed. The next morning they wake up and she kind of she basically tells him the truth. She does start off seemingly like she's going to lie. You know, she's like, I got jumped by a few guys. Yeah. I was locked up too, you know, Firefly and Fall the uh, Fedra were suspicious. Yeah. But she just, you know, tell the truth that, yeah, Robert got me uh blah blah blah. 
told us not to harm him, but I want to harm him because yeah, we don't have a car was... battery. We don't have the money. That was amazing. I, I I promised him that you wouldn't hurt him, but I would very much like you to hurt him. <laughs> Tess is pretty great. I, I really yeah. like I'm I I feel like I can't get too attached to too many characters. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't mind getting attached to Joel and Ellie. I think that they're going to be around for the duration. But, but everyone else, you're scared uh, everyone about. Everyone else, I'm really worried about. But <laughs> but I, I like I really enjoyed Tess in this episode. Yeah, so. Tess is a good one. So. Yeah. Yeah, and Joel really wants this battery because if you haven't figured it out now, he does kind of spell it out more that he wants the battery to fix up a truck to check on Tommy, right? He wants to save Tommy because he now, thinks there's something wrong. Is this Tommy Hunt in the video game or not really? No. Okay. This, the, the, there is none of this radioing Tommy mm-hmm. and he wants to go to Wyoming to check on Tommy right now. The, the, this you do not see in the game. Okay. No, this is there. Yeah, this part is not really at all in the game. Okay. So, is, is Tommy in the game past the Tommy is in the game? Yep. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And Tommy is also in Wyoming in the game. <laughs> so he's like, all in the right. same spot. It's just, yeah, he, he, but he was out. This was not what was going on. All so, right. anyway, but it, it's still fine. But, well, I'm curious. Why do you ask? Or are you just curious? Uh, well, they had mentioned in the in the interview that this isn't how he found Ellie. This is not how he came across Ellie. They they changed that. But then I was like, but then what was he doing? Like, why was he, why was he outside the walls if not to transport Ellie? Was he looking for Tommy? Is Tommy? So anyway, I worked back for backwards from there and and landed on. Well, you took. Oh, this is what it was. You told me that the radio people weren't in the game, so I was like, "Well, how does he know that Tom? Why is he worried about Tommy then?" Yeah, so, he's never worried about Tommy. Okay, he's never worried about Tommy. God, no, no, no. So, but uh, yeah. So the way it works in the show, yeah, is that he's going to move Ellie to try to get to Tommy. Yes, in this yeah. in the show here. Yes, in the show in the video yeah. game, I believe is he's willing to move Ellie just for some money. That's basically yeah, how it goes. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> there's a there's just money. So it's and you're just playing the game. It's like, yeah, all right, whatever. So I think I think what they did here makes because the reasoning matters a lot more. <laughs> oh, yeah. This, versus a game. This, this it, it's a big difference. So yeah, this the, gives it a lot more rationale. Yeah, it, it makes Joel a lot more human than just I want money. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's a lot less human like at this part in the game less like a mercenary and more like a you know brother yeah. he's basically so, like a mercenary in the game because <laughs> yeah. at this point once you meet Ellie, you've killed so many people <laughs> <laughs> over like a bad deal to robert i told you the first thing you do is you you go to get revenge on robert and you kill so many of his guys to get to robert oh my god that's so funny. he's like a one you know cold sob him and Tess. okay so anyway uh, and to kind of show a bit of that too, and I'm, mm-hmm. like when Tess says, "You know, we'll kill Ellie if they don't give us the stuff. We'll kill the girl." Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, though, so she, you know, tells Joel this. So okay, we got, we got to, we got to figure out Robert's buyer, and we got, to, we got to figure this out. So that's what their plan is going to be. Meanwhile, Marlene is in a Firefly meeting, and Kim, they, Kim wants to know what's up with these attacks. Why do they have a random girl locked up? What's going on here? And Marlene basically outlines, we're losing to Fedra, right? We've been around for 20 years. We're, we're losing this fight. We're using mm-hmm. these attacks as a distraction because we're going to sneak out of the quarantine zone with the girl and head west, okay? Yeah. And she shows a message from Salem, and it appears to be some sort of good news as, right. <laughs> as to what they're doing, which I'm sure you've inferred by at this point. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. Uh, 
Yeah. I, I mean, I wrote here because cure question. Mark. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because yeah, so, cured, but. yeah. So Joel's looking at a crowd wards out the solicitor. We talked about that. Tester turns with some information. They know where Robert is going to take the battery and they're going to take him by surprise. Marlene mm-hmm. goes to Ellie, gets her backpack, a knife included, <laughs> and yeah. wants to thank you for saving your life, <laughs> for telling them not to shoot her. Frees her from her cuffs. And basically, we, we learn a lot about Ellie here that she wants to go back to her Fedra school after being orphaned. You know, I just want to go back, blah, blah, blah. But Marlene's like, yeah. I only put you there to make you feel safe. I know who you are, Ellie. I'm Marlene. So there's there's some history stuff going on here as too. Yeah. I'm, how I'm, how does Marlene know Ellie? What happened to Ellie's mom such that Marlene knows her and who's Riley? Because they do talk about, you know, Ellie yeah. calls Fireflies terrorists. Mm-hmm. Well, was Riley a terrorist? So probably right. Riley was part of the Fireflies, but who's Riley? So there's yeah. there's some question marks here. But it's Marlene knows more than Ellie does. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. And I'm very interested in how these two are connected. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Ellie doesn't. Ellie doesn't seem to remember Marlene, which means yeah. And she says she's been in the school since she, since she was a baby, doesn't she? Yeah, since she could probably remember. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean that. So whatever Marlene and did with Ellie, it was pre, you know, memory formation mm-hmm. of Ellie. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I'm interested to see what that is. Yeah, very curious what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But tonight, they're leaving because Ellie has a greater purpose to serve. And now she tells something that she can never repeat. Otherwise, she will die. And we For don't want sure. to hear that. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Tess and Joel are on the hunt. They're going down the old subway tunnel. We see this old infected, you know, mm-hmm. and there's kind of a question of, did they come down here infected or were they infected down here? Right. Climb up a ladder, door jammed, smell gunpowder, see blood, open it up. Robert and his men are dead, and the battery turned out to be bad anyways. Yeah. They hear an injured Marlene and Kim talking, and as they go to, like, kind of aim at them, Ellie tries to sneak attack Joel to no avail. And, oh, well, they all know each other, so we have a bit of a discussion going on here. Yeah, I'm, I'd be interested in seeing some backstory amongst these four as well but or three mm-hmm. i guess that because if, if kim's not really a thing but. <laughs> but it looks like they know about marlene leader of the fireflies of this yes. area and things ain't going very well right marlene would also rather have that gun pointed at her over ellie yep what do they want with the car battery well better than what joe would want tommy's only one person hmm noteworthy uh, uh ellie is more <laughs> than one person got it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Joel. This is also very noteworthy, actually. Joel accuses Marlene of turning Tommy against him. Yes, yes. Hmm. What do you think that is? Uh, so my, I was going to make some predictions later, but I'll make this one now. Well, that, to- okay. that Tommy is a firefly. Okay, fair enough. Marlene, with her injuries, with no team, no vehicle, you know, the battery didn't work, and Fedra on their way is not in a state to get Ellie to the state building. But mm-hmm. Tess and Jill are very capable. She knows what they can do, and they can yeah, get there. Yeah, so that's a, I'm interested in that as well. I know what you're capable of. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you picked up on this vibe at all, but Tess gives me major Nora from the Leftover vibes. In what way? 
I, I think there's a there's a similarity of appearance first of all, but second of all, uh, my you know on on the non bruised side of the face, like if you just looked at the, pro- <laughs> the profile side, yeah. on the non bruised side, it, it almost looks like Carrie Coon. Um, I, I had to do a double take a couple of times. I'm like, that's not Carrie Coon, is it? No, it's not. Okay. Um, but then also like just the the way that she talks to Joel reminds me a lot of the way that that Nora talks to Kevin. Like sometimes it's it's a little I don't want to say patronizing, but she almost treats him like a child to some extent. Uh, or in this case, um, and, and she's just, and she's just like that. Got that tough kind of. I've known pain, uh, and it has toughened me. And now, you know, don't mess with me. Type of vibe. No, that's true. I, I see what you mean by that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nora Durst. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel like I'm always looking for Nora Durst. So, you know? <laughs> really looking anyway. for where Nora <laughs> Anyway, Trying to sorry. fill that hole. Yeah. Leftovers. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Uh, Tess and Joel have a bit of a discussion. Now they see that Marlene seems a bit desperate. And Tess makes sure, listen, we want all these items, a car, supplies, before we hand Ellie over. Otherwise, we'll kill her. Deal. Right? They take Marlene takes the deal immediately. Yep. And they head out with Ellie. So uh, they get back to their house. They don't have to take the long way, so Tess is going to get some things ready. In the meantime, Joel's got time to kill. He can take a nap. Ellie looks through their stuff, finds a music book for Bill and Frank and some codes, some smuggling codes. Yeah. Uh, so Joel you know, naps off. Uh, he wakes up, right? Apparently he mumbles in his sleep. Ellie talks a bit of here about never leaving the wall. Joel's been out there before. It's been a year, but he's been out there before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel figures Ellie's some bigwig's daughter, and she cracks with the 80s songs mean trouble. Mm-hmm. So 60s, the smuggling code, nothing. 70s, mm-hmm. something's in 80, trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tess returns. Spot looks good for them to leave. They're good to go. So at night, Fedra's outside the walls doing their sweeps. The trio exit outside a secret hatch. They sneak about. They get caught by a tinkling guard, the one that knows Joel. <laughs> I saw this is one of the least intimidating things you could do if you were a guard and you were peeing. And as you're peeing, you caught like you, you, you stop over there. Yeah, it's, all right. It's very unintimidating <laughs> statue. It's like true. Joel, Joel, you could have ran over trying to close. Oh anyway, God, I know. Anyway. He's doing this one by the book, apparently. It makes him get on their knees. Uh, Tess is trying to deal with him. But listen, unauthorized escape gets you hanged. So the negotiations are on his side of the table. And as he's testing out each and every single one of them to see if they're bitten, or in fact, that I should say not bitten, mm-hmm. Ellie stabs him. Um, and when she when he points a gun at her and joel gets between both of them he gets flashbacks to sarah and mm-hmm. he tackles and beats him up to uh, very seriously might have killed him to death but yeah look yeah, it does look, it, it very well could be yeah <laughs> I, I would agree with you i think but he does certainly give him a good walloping yeah and tess sees that it shows up that ellie's infected yeah and she's been bitten for three weeks apparently and hasn't even turned yet it would have been just a day if even so yep. hmm, wonder what that's about she, she shows them like the scarred over yeah, yeah scarred over it does not yeah. look looking at it does look like it's healed up uh, by, the, by the way uh they uh, craig and neil made a big deal out of ellie's reaction to seeing 
Joel beat the crap out of this guy. Um, they, they they are enamored with that. They they mm-hmm. think that that is like their their pride and joy of the episode, because it's it contrasts with Sarah when Sarah saw Joel hit Nana with the wrench, like Sarah cried and she was horrified, right? Mm-hmm. But that her father was now a killer. Ellie sees Joel defend her and is like gleeful. Yeah, like, she's she's happy. Yeah, she is loving it. Uh, and I think the quote that Craig said after on, on the post episode thing was, "These two were meant to be together, but look out." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so anyway, they um they split after doing the damage, and back at home, we see that the radio's playing "Never Let Me Down Again," the Depeche song that mode. I looked up. And it's from the 80s, Mr. Sal. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> you couldn't tell just by listening to it? <laughs> Gotta check for these things. Okay. Yeah, definitely. It's Depeche Mode. It's, it's <laughs> definitely an 80s song. That is trouble. So that is the episode, Mr. Sal? Yes. Do you, is there anything you really want to talk about the episode, or do you want to get more into the uh, predictions, checking the time so I, stuff? I've already mentioned, well, I'll, I'll just do my predictions now since I've already, yeah. I've only got like three of them. So like, right. uh, I, my, my first is, is that Tommy is a firefly. Okay, Tommy's a firefly, right? Yeah, that down. So that you know, Marlene says, or Joel tells Marlene that she turned Tommy against him. Yeah. Early in the episode, earlier in the episode, Joel said to the guy who tries to recruit him, if you, if you tell me to look for the light, I'm going to punch you in the air to break your jaw or whatever so like i joel doesn't seem to have any love for fireflies uh so i'm thinking tommy is a firefly now I, my other another prediction that i had was that tommy sent depeche mode over the radio but i am gonna recant that now because i, I didn't realize that was a smuggling i was a little confused by that bit the, the that's a smuggling code i was honestly confused by the fact that joel is a smuggler for most of this episode it didn't it was you didn't understand that i did not not until oh. <laughs> not until like the end <laughs> so <laughs> so uh that I, I was a little confused by but now that i know that uh, i don't think tommy said that um and my other prediction is that we are not going to have Tess around for much longer. <laughs> I think that she will be dead in the next two episodes at most. Like she might well, make it. To what makes you three. think that? Um, this this shows about the two of them, not the three of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I feel like we would have seen Tess on, Tess on some posters or something <laughs> if she was going to be around much longer. All right, all right. Well. So. And I'm so, going to be very sad when that happens, by the way. <laughs> I'm not going to be happy. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Let's your predictions. Um, I guess let's check the time then. Okay. Oh. oh. Ain't no time like a TV time. Whoa. TV time? Wow. What is, what is, I can't believe TV it. Time? It just came up. Like, that was amazing. What is, what is TV time? What is this TV time about which we speak? Well... TV Time, folks, is an app. It's a wonderful, beautiful app that tracks your TV viewing, which is just so exciting. So uh, you can tell TV Time that you just watched episode one of The Last of Us. And when you do, it will give you an option to give it a rating on a scale from one to five. Uh, and it will give you what 12 different emotions that you can tell it that you felt while watching this. And it will give you an opportunity to vote for your favorite character in the episode. Now, this is fun for us. 
because we like to guess each other's favorite characters and we like to guess what the tv time general public said for their rating and for their favorite character as well but that's not all tv time also it sounds like such an ad for tv time like we don't get paid by tv time folks <laughs> i wish we did uh but anyway um the one of my favorite features about tv time is that if you tell it what series you're interested in or if it knows that you just watched you know say season one of uh, the White Lotus, for example, which is a series we just finished covering. It will tell you when the next season starts. Or, for example, I am, we are very excited to be covering the next Damon Lindelof TV series, Mrs. Davis, which starts in April? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I know it starts <laughs> in 94 days from the time of this recording. <laughs> so I only know that because TV Time is telling me that. Thank that you, TV exciting. Time. Thank you, TV Time. So... These are these are some of the features of TV time, but we are going to take some guesses, or actually, I should say, Kurt is going to take a guess as to what the what the audience rated this on a scale from one to five. Five. Ninety-one percent said five. <laughs> this is this has been very well received. I, I, I cannot find anything negative about it. Uh, I might be the most down on. This You're the episode, most down percent I've heard which, on it, but that's uh, also. Which, I, but honestly, like I'm not way down on it. Like this, I, I'm. It's a very optimistic eight. Listen, this is a show that I would think is not up your alley, but there's elements in it that I think mm. will turn you over. Like the whole yeah. like actiony part, and the, I'm I'm glad that you liked the way the um, infected ran. <laughs> oh my god, stuff. that's a, it's so cool. All right, now what's really interesting to us is the character ratings. Like who is everybody's favorite character? Like who's uh, Kurt will take a guess as to my favorite character and the audience's favorite character. I will take a guess as to Kurt's favorite character, and I say that Joel was your favorite character. In the yeah, I, I think the audience favorite character is Joel. You could have said Sarah is my only concern. But I, I think you also said Joel. Okay, well, the audience said Joel at 84%. That, that mm. is a big one, 84%. Um, and you said? Joel. Joel, okay, yeah, I figured. That that was that seemed pretty easy. <laughs> I did say Sarah, though. I, uh, I knew you would. Uh, Sarah, but you didn't guess that. So. Uh, I basically guessed that. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. No, I said so. I I love i was it's so sad to me that, that unless they do flashbacks which they may like that's all we get of sarah because that that is that's that story seeing the two of them together was amazing but then beyond that sarah on her own well i mean she was she was our point of view character for a large chunk of this episode so uh and and i was riveted by the whole thing i loved it so yeah sarah's sarah's and also the in memoriam vote Right. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> the in memoriam vote. Uh, uh, she's only a one episode character so far, so it's. I know. mean, everybody's only a one episode. Yeah. Character so so far. if you die, you don't have to memorialize that as much. Well, I did. Yeah. I, well, I memorialized it. I loved Sarah. Oh, fair enough. Well, I'm I I'm not glad you gave it a name, but I get it. It's <laughs> fine, right? And it's also the pilot episode. It's the first yeah. episode. I, there's a there's if if you're excited for this parental theme in the last of us it's going it's going to be pretty good for you i, I think there's going to be elements yeah. that you're not going to expect that that you'll like and i'm excited for i'm excited to see how they depict it i'm excited for um you know they they've already kind of gone off 
what the games have done, but they've done their mm-hmm. own thing and they've done it very well. What they've got on their own things to show some extra stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, there's characters in the game that are very minor, but I, I can see that they do have that they're they have like actors and that are being these characters that are super <laughs> minor. So I'm very excited to see you know <laughs> just building on this stuff. So it's very exciting. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. And I enjoyed the first episode. Yeah, you seem to like it enough. I oh yeah, you... I, de- I definitely, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to watching more. I, especially, especially like I say, listening to Craig and Neil talk about it. That really helped a lot. So I would recommend for all of our listeners that you listen to the official podcast as well as ours. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess ours is is pretty important as well. Well, it's pretty good. Ours <laughs> pretty good. And we'll be back next week, Mister Sal. Yes, with the second episode, Infected. <laughs> Oh, is that what it's called? Infected. Called infected. Okay. Right. Called infected. Right. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I, I did. I did watch the next one. I assume you did too. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I, I don't know if there's anything you want to point out in the next one. Well, I was just excited to see Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett interacting with yeah. each other. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was exciting. So, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see where it goes. But mm-hmm. anything else you want to say about the episode? Well, uh, there, there's just one other thing. You know. I, I'm glad that you listened to it, folks. Listen to our coverage of it, you know, because after all, it's our business to know things. <laughs> Thank you. We're also not smugglers. <laughs> we are not. Well, those are fireflies, but. Well, listeners, thank you for listening so much. Uh, we appreciate it. Sharing the podcast, very appreciated reviews. Uh, we've covered other series. We've done the leftovers we talked about. Uh, we followed Watchmen. Um, we're going to be doing Miss Davis coming up. Lost is going on uh, soon. We should be back to that. Uh, But we have the first five seasons already done. And yeah, so thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with the second episode, Infected. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.